Cameron. I'm Kat. I'm Michelle. And I'm Laura. And we are here today with Girls Talk Math. We will be discussing a very influential mathematician. She keyed the term computer bug. Essentially, she was working on a Mark II computer, which is supercomputer. Um, you will learn about that a little later. And a moth flew into the inner workings of the computer, causing a bit of a malfunction. Thus, she keyed the term computer bug as she spread it along and made it a lot more famous than it was at the time. Her name is Grace Hopper. Not Grasshopper. Grace Hopper. <laughs> Get it? Oh, Grasshopper. <laughs> bug. <laughs> computer bug. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of cool stories, and not just puns. When she was seven, she took apart seven alarm clocks, one for each year of her life. I don't think that's the point, but it was definitely symbolic. But it's, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> symbolic. Illuminati is real. And her mom got kind of ticked off and said, Grace, you take apart one more alarm clock and I'll get you, okay? I'll get you. So Definitely how she sounded. <laughs> yes. Of course. So she gave Grace one alarm clock to disassemble to and put back together again. <laughs> she was just too smart. Yes. One thing I want you to get from this podcast is that Grace at the time, Murray, her maiden name is Murray, Grace Murray, or Grace Hopper, is like, extremely brilliant. Um, she was born in December 9th, 1906, very normal, usual, casual family life. She was the oldest of three. Her dad was an insurance broker, and her mom was a geologist. And an uh, interesting thing you'll see about her mom is that she wanted to also uh, maybe kind of minor in math, I guess, because she liked it. I mean, I don't know why you'd have to give more of an explanation other than that. But she wasn't able to because it wasn't seen fit for a woman to... Uh, do math on the side. If you wanted to do anything, especially math, you had to do it, and that was it. You There was no really other thing you were allowed to do. It wasn't just an all-across-the-board thing for both men and women, just women, which is kind of sad because it, it was kind of a, a thing that was seen as a social standard to kind of push women back, and that's really unfortunate. Grace's mom didn't want Grace to have to go through life like that. And her parents actually believed that all of her children, des sorry, not her children, all of their children deserved an equal education, which was unusual because this was in the early 1900s, a time when women weren't really given equal education and views towards their intelligence and strength. When you have the same amount of potential, there was just more of a cult of domesticity type feel around rather than a Republican motherhood. So for those who don't know, cults of domesticity is what we traditionally see women as doing is work in the house, and that's all the work they should do. And Republican motherhood is that women should get an education so that they can teach their children, which, like, it's not exactly the best reason why, but, um, of course, that would like, kind of encourage more teaching. Yes. More so back to Grace. I think you guys did bring up some very interesting points, but... She, she was definitely ahead of all her siblings, I hate to say, but she was just really brilliant. She attended, or she applied, to Vesser College um, at the age of 16. I mean, she's just that brilliant. She wasn't accepted because they deemed 
her Latin grade to be inadequate, but that did not stop her. The very next year when she was 17, she reapplied and got in. After spending four years there, she had received her BA in mathematics. And she went on to more higher education. She went to Yale to get her MA and her PhD. Which wasn't very common for women because at the time she was one of the first women to have gotten a PhD. That is extraordinary. That is, yeah. She's brilliant. In her adult life, we see that she uh, has done more things than I'm pretty sure any of us could ever say we've done in such a, a short span from like all the things that you'd, you'd see her accomplish. You'd think, how'd she do this in so little time? It's just crazy. Mm, I'm going to get into that. Um, Grace actually got married in 1930. She married a man named Vincent Foster Hopper. He was a professor himself, so he was an intelligent man, but sadly, they got divorced after 15 years of marriage. She did not keep her maiden name. She stayed with the name Hopper. That was pretty much all about her marriage. Uh, the fact that they divorced without having any kids shows that Grace never really had to focus on domestic work. She, she focused on what she liked. She did. She focused yeah. on the things that, that she wanted to do and not what anyone else wanted her to do. Um, she had applied to the Navy because that was something she was very interested in. The Navy really did like her work, and she ended up getting the nickname Amazing Grace. And she retired a few times before, you know, finally saying, I'm not coming back. And just about each time, the Navy was like, we need you. Come on. We need you. It's like that desperate boyfriend. (laughs) I need you. (laughs) Yes, the Navy was Grace Hopper's desperate (laughs) ex-boyfriend. She she did um, make it all the way up to a rear admiral in the Navy, which is very impressive because at the time... That is the highest percentage pr- p- position available for women to be, which is a few positions behind what men m- could be. Yeah. Men could be two positions higher. So it's still a really high position, but in and of itself, it tells women that they shouldn't be reaching as high. But she was definitely pushing those boundaries and making them squirm a little, making them definitely. a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And throughout her life, she won a few awards. Um, one of which was the Computer Science Man of the Year Award, which is ironic because she was the first person to ever get it, and it's called Man of the Year. She isn't quite a man. She's clearly a woman. She became part of an organization. Yeah, yeah. called the Distinguished Fellow, get that, Fellow, of British Computer Society. And she was both the first woman and American to be accepted into that. So not just the first American woman, she was Mm -hmm. the first American and the first woman. She also received the the National Medal of Technology and Mm -hmm. was again the first woman to have gotten that. And she also was awarded the Defense Distinguished Service Medal, which is the highest non-combat award that the military gives. And it's really, it's just no surprise, because she was there for the longest. They wanted her so much. <laughs> yes. Wasn't she, yes. like, 79 years old, like, before yeah, she retired? They, like, like, she, it was past their legal, like, she was past the legal retirement age, so she was supposed to be forcefully retired, and they were still asking her to come back. I don't know how that works legally, but... She was young at heart. So exactly. It, yeah. She was young at yeah, heart. Yeah, definitely. 
this woman created a compiler. What a compiler is, it's essentially a translator for the English language into machine language so that now when you're writing code, you don't have to do everything in binary or like just something the computer can understand. You can just use your normal English language. She actually wanted to make a French version of it, but everyone told her it was stupid and she shouldn't do it. So. I, I think she even started on it, but she was never allowed to yeah. finish. I feel like that's the one time Grace Hopper ever said, okay, public, I'll do what you say. First and last. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, the first and last. She worked on the Mark One through Mark Three computer, which are supercomputers. Yeah. And the Mark Two is a computer which the moth flew into, and... Between the three computers, she also checked the coding for all of them. We don't really use supercomputers like in our daily life, unless I guess if you work for NASA, you might. Yeah. <laughs> you might. Yeah, we, we typically know. stick with our. That might be classified. Yeah, our personal <laughs> okay. Macs and our Lenovo's. She did make COBOL, which was like it's a common business programming language that's still used in ATM and cash machines today. Not so most like people use like ATMs are used every single day. Yeah, and. Because she she pushed to have a lot more of the coding to be in the languages that we speak. So she gave way to coding languages such as HTML, CSS, Java, Python, you know, all of that. And that's pretty important to our everyday lives, seeing as so many of us spend a good percentage of our time on our phones and computers. Yeah, she also pushed forward a lot, um, something called symbolic manipulation, which uh, it's it's kind of like a computer program for math. Like um, currently what we've been using here this these past few weeks, it's called Mathematica, and what it does is essentially it takes these really big equations that, that would take years and years to do, and it just spits out the answer. Sometimes in five minutes, sometimes in that second. And, I and sometimes it. it takes weeks and weeks on end for the computer to solve this one question that you may have put in. In some respects, it is pretty similar to like actually coding because yeah. you have to do some things, and it's a very literal program. Um, we lost Grace Hopper on January 1st of 1992. She went to the great doors in her sleep, but she was not looked over because she was buried with honors at the Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia, which I will let Kate talk a little more about. Okay, so the Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia is a uh, cemetery that um, a lot of soldiers are buried there, usually with honors, people like Grace Hopper. It's a very distinguished place. We're going to get more into uh, her legacy and how we kind of all see her today. I think we're just gonna go around and just give our views on what we think she could have done if there weren't barriers to push her back. We didn't quite touch on this. She had a supercomputer named after her called the Hopper. That is, however, retired today, so it's no longer being used. And she also opened the door for women who wanted to do math and computer sciences. She opened a door for computer science education. Using a language that we're familiar with, like English, is a lot easier than learning a whole nother language and then learning computer science. And she also made commercial computers possible, which, again, we all use today. I can see about seven things in this room that were, maybe eight. There's a lot of technology <laughs> in here. Commercial computers basically changed the way we live. 
I personally think that this woman did so many great things for everyone and especially women. She broke down so many barriers. It was never the norm for her as a woman to be doing the things that she was doing. She was over like throwing men in some field. She won awards that were meant for men. That's that's just great. She won an award and she won the first of it and like it was implied that it was for men. Like we're making this award but we're giving the first one to a woman, even though it implies is for men. So she reached like far and above people's expectations of her and she just completely changed. She changes the way that I look at my own expectations for myself, like as a woman and as someone who might be like feel discouraged by the gender imbalance. I feel like I definitely agree with you, Michelle. Um, as a woman, and uh, even more so, honestly, as an African-American woman, you don't see a lot of people that look like you, that are doing the things that you want to do, that are, are pioneering in fields that, that have really have yet to be discovered. And knowing that it can be done and giving girls hope that your gender won't, shouldn't slow you down. And if you don't believe it will, then it won't and your race shouldn't play a part in what you think you can do. And if you don't think that it does, then it won't. You will always, if you have a certain mindset that we can go forth and do it, and I know this because I've seen women who look like me do it, and they've done things that, that you want to do, then there's no reason why you can't do the exact same thing and beyond. Kind of touching on what Cameron said, though I don't think she just meant in the field of mathematics and like every no, field. No, I don't. I mean, yeah, in every field. Definitely. In every in every field, um, because of the field that I want to go to is also it's a male dominated field, and Grace Hopper has helped me think that you know I can do it too just as well as any man can, and even better. <laughs> yes, yes, and even much better. better. That sounds like a good place to wrap up this podcast again. Um, yeah. um, we're from Girls Talk Math. We hope you learned a lot about Grace Hopper and that you recognize her amazingness and know why she's called Amazing Grace. Yeah, I'm Michelle. <laughs> I'm Kat. I'm Cameron. And I'm Laura. And we're from Girls, Girls Talk, Talk Math. Math. Yes. Have Thanks, a great for day. Have a good day. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Girls are smart. Every equation you do is a form of art. It's time to get together. Fly a rocket, build a house, and control the weather with math. 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 Yes. Who here likes math is not a man. You could be a female mathematician.